Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen. He's worthy. Amen. God's so good. Thank you for coming to Cornerstone Church. If you're new here, my name is Sean. I'm the lead pastor here. We're glad you're here today. I just want to give you an update. You know, we're on this process of remodeling some areas here. As you can see, we've been working on the stage area over there, and we're going to be, the painting's already done, and we're going to be doing new carpet this week. Come on, give God praise for that. Amen. And uh, after Mother's Day, we're going to be uh, doing out in the foyer, bringing the cafe up, tearing down some walls. But I just want to give you an update of, of the money situation. You know, we're wanting to raise $40,000. And uh, usually a lot of times when we do these things, it takes some months to get it in. You know, we have you pledge and everything. But I guess you guys really wanted us to get to work because over $38,000 in cash came in on last week. And... Uh, over $6,000 was pledged, and uh, so about 44000 something is uh, uh, going to be available for us to do this work. And someone asked me, he said, Sean, can I still give? And I always say yes. Um, all the money that is extra that's going to go into it, we're going to continue just to do some other remodeling projects and, and uh, other things around here. So uh, if you still feel like that's the Lord for you to give, you go ahead and give, and that's what it's going to go to is through uh, remodeling some other areas that we weren't planning on a little bit, little areas, unless there's a lot more come in, then we'll let you know uh, some other things we're wanting to do in the future. Amen? Come on, give the Lord praise for that. Isn't that good? Amen. Well, we're starting a new series today. It will lead through uh, Easter, and it's called The Greatest Story Ever Told. And, and uh, we named it that because it is a story, but a lot of times we hear, we know the story, but we want, we want to give you an idea of how easy it is to tell everyone else that story. Amen? Lives have been changed because of this story uh, over, over the last 2,000 years. I mean, uh, uh, nations have been changed, you know, our own nation. Is, uh, is being changed by that now, in Jesus' name, amen? Revivals are happening all over the world, and I believe it's going to happen here. So I've asked a friend of mine, Kevin Stark, he is with Team Extreme and uh, Youth with a Mission, and uh, one of probably the greatest evangelists I know. He goes all over the world, hundreds of countries, uh, goes even into Muslim countries. I mean, he's just, God's just using him in a mighty way. But I wanted him to bring the first message to this series. Let's give him a hand as he, and welcome him to Cornerstone Church, amen? Morning, everybody. All right, you're ready for something good this morning? Hallelujah. Aren't you guys glad spring is here? Come on, let's get, make, get, give Jesus some praise for spring. Come on. I know winter has its purpose, but I think it's from the devil. Anyhow, uh, some of you probably been going through some winter seasons here in your own life, but I believe springs are coming. And uh, maybe with your finances, with your family, with relationship, but we serve a good, good God, and God's in a good mood uh, this morning. How many of you believe that? Hallelujah. I want to thank uh, Cornerstone and Sean and Lisa. We love you guys and been friends for a long time. We're getting ready to both marry our daughters off. His daughter's getting married the fifth, and mine's getting married the sixth, so it's a historic event in our lives. And uh, But yeah, I want to talk about uh, just the harvest this, this morning, um, again, been doing evangelism for 30 years and seen a bunch of people come to Jesus. Aren't you, how many glad that you're saved and you got the Holy Spirit? Um, I'm going to give a quick shout out to a trip we're going to be doing in Peru in June. A little bit of uh, a video. It's called One Nation One Day, and we've you guys have participated both by giving and by going. I think we have a couple people from your church going. 
But we're in such an unprecedented season of the church right now. I know we got to get a hold of that and believe that and grab that. But revivals are going on around the world like we've never seen before. Healings and miracles and salvations and whole nations changing. And we just got to grab a hold of that. How many of you know that the U.S. needs Jesus more than he's ever needed him before? And we're going to be a part of it. Amen? So I'm going to show you this short clip on Peru. We're taking on a whole state. There's 10,000 missionaries going to be launched for a week. Over 5 million people in 10 days will hear the gospel face-to-face. How many think that's a good idea? Oh, man. So, Anna, we got this short video for you, and then we'll... This is one Kyra. This is the city we're going to. We're in this really cool area. It's called the Wonka Identity Park. The Wonka people are the indigenous people of this area, and it's really cool because they're located in this valley in the middle of the Andes Mountains. And because of their location, none of the other civilizations could conquer them. The Spanish couldn't conquer them, the Incas couldn't conquer them, so they have their own unique culture, which is built out and displayed right here in this amazing park. Let's talk about the Juan Cayo team here in 2019. First, we have Team Extreme from Kansas City. Next, we've got Community Culture from Oklahoma, Wagner Ministries from Oklahoma, and Christian Life Cathedral from Arkansas. Guys, can't wait for you to experience Juan Cayo. It's going to be an incredible place for One Nation One Day. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We still have room if you want to go with us. Um, If you want to give, we're taking, like I have Sean's background, if you want to give, we would take that. And um, also if you want to pray. So I think all of us in area missions can give or go or pray. So I'd like everybody to stand up real quick. We're just going to have a scripture we're going to read. Maybe stand up. Everybody say go. One more time, everybody say go. So if you have your Bibles uh, or your phones, just turn to Matthew 28. It's a scripture a lot of us know, but I want to I start there. I really believe that there's a shift that's going to happen in this church, and I want to prophesy that over you. There's a shift that's going to happen in your heart over the area of evangelism. There's a boldness. There's a love for the lost. There's an anointing that's going to be released of signs and wonders and miracles in each one of your lives. And so I believe even as Sean begins this series, something's going to change. There's going to be a shift in your heart. There's going to be a shift in this church's heart. And there's going to be, I believe, hundreds of people that come to the Lord here in Blue Springs and around Kansas City as a result of this, this work that's going to as, as worth as a series. But yeah, Matthew 28, 18. Last thing that Jesus said. How many believe it's important? It says, and Jesus came and said to them, it says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always even to the end of the age. The, what I may be talking about is the coming and the going of the gospel. Let me pray. Just stay standing. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for you humbled yourself and you came. And you showed us what the Father was like. You died on the cross for our sins. You gave us an assignment. You gave us all authority. And you said, go and make disciples. Lord, we thank you for the church where we can come and get filled up and we can learn and 
and have fellowship. But you say, I have an assignment for you, and that's to go. You come and you go. You come and you go. You come and get filled up, and then you go out and share the gospel with others. All right, I pray, God, just a fresh revelation of our assignment as believers, that we're called to go to our friends, to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to our city, to our state, to the nations. And so I just pray a fresh revelation today, a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I declare, and Zechariah says, it's not by your might or your power, but it's by the Spirit. All you have to do is have a yes in your heart. So Lord, I pray for a fresh revelation. I pray for an anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I pray for boldness during this season, as, as Sean teaches. We ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. I want to honor Sean and Lisa. Like I said, they've been friends for a long time. Great church. We get to teach all over the U.S. and the world. And you have an amazing church, an amazing pastor. So we can give these guys a big round of applause. They're awesome. They're amazing. This is an awesome church. Great worship. Man, I just encourage you. Just be thankful for what God has given you here. Um, I always want to honor people because I believe God always wants to honor us, always wants to speak encouragement to us, always wants to bless us. You know, we, we get caught up with lies in our own mind, but God wants to bless you. So I honor different people. I felt like the Lord says honor people that are over 65 years of age. So if you're over 65 years of age, can you stand up real quick? Over 65. Bless these guys. Honor you. We bless you. Stay standing for a minute. Awesome. We love you. We appreciate you. We need you. How many have been a part of Cornerstone more than 10 years or more? 10 years or more. Awesome. How about 20 years or more? 20 years or more. Awesome. Awesome. Give these guys all a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. You can be seated. Thank you so much. Awesome. Tell you a little bit my, about myself and, and Laura. Um, I've spoken here before, but actually, I was born on an airplane, believe it or not, and I've been on one ever since. I travel uh, about four to six months out of the year, and uh, but I got born again through a dream, and I had an encounter with Jesus in a dream. I actually got filled with the Holy Spirit walking in the woods by myself, and I've uh, been doing evangelism and preaching the gospel around the world. Been to about 70 countries around the world, seen about a million people give their lives to Jesus. So I give him praise and honor and thank you, Jesus. It's not me, it's him. So we give him praise. Come on. And uh, been married. We've been in Youth with a Mission for 31 years and I've been married to an amazing woman of God, Laura Stark, in 32 years. Can you stand up real quick, Laura? Awesome. Awesome. I mean, you believe that who has a wife has a good thing. Amen? Amen. I hear some amens out there. Amen. All right. I have three amazing kids, Sasha, Savannah, and Michael. And uh, we really felt like the Lord says, if we do missions, our kids are all going to come with us. And uh, YWAM, we have to trust the Lord for our finances. We don't get a regular paycheck. But I felt like God says, go and I'll provide. And uh, But after three... We're like going, but the plane tickets were getting expensive. So I said, so we nicknamed our kids Eeny, Meeny, Miny, and we decided we weren't going to have no more. So, man, and, uh, but it's been an incredible journey of just following Jesus and seeing him open and close doors. And 
So we, like I said, we've been around the world. We've been to about 70 different countries preaching the gospel. But we're in such a crazy season now. How many feel like there's a shift going on around the world right now? I know you look at the news and you think it's a bad shift. But I want to encourage you. We're in such a shift that I've never seen before in my 30 years of ministry. People are coming to the Lord in every nation, Muslim nations, Hindu nations, whole nations are coming to Jesus like I've never seen before. Here in America, we're getting ready to launch with a whole different bunch of different ministries, um, this thing called All America, where we feel like we're going to go after every neighborhood, every person. But there's revival in the air. And how many sense that? How many feel like, man, something's different going on? Come on, somebody's got to sense it. Come on. Awesome. But, you know, it's so easy to share your faith right now. It's so easy to see miracles. You know, past maybe 20 years ago, you pray for people, or there's hardly anybody praying for people. But right now, you pray for people. People are getting healed. People are getting set free. People are getting delivered. And uh, it's, such a, it's such a crazy time. And you have a testimony. How many got a testimony? Let's give the Lord a round of applause for your testimony. Come on, Jesus. Awesome. You have a story. You've been healed to heal others. You've been set free to set other people free. You know, uh, how many have people in your life, a family member that don't know Jesus, that you'd like to see in heaven? Yeah? Pretty much probably at least 50 or a good friend. You have a good friend that you'd love to see. You know, when I, when I was growing up, me and my brother came to know the Lord first, and then my mom, and then my sister. But my dad, he didn't come to know the Lord until really later on. But it was the deepest desire of my heart to see my dad come to know Jesus. And so we'd pray for him all the time. We'd share the gospel with him all the time. So I want to encourage you, if you have somebody in your family that doesn't know Jesus, keep praying, keep believing, keep sharing the gospel with them. But this is the story of my dad, and I want to tie it into today because I think I think God is entering we're entering to the season we're going to see those loved ones that don't know Jesus come to Christ and so my dad uh, he was in the military he's a secret service guy he um, did two terms in Vietnam and one in Korea but anyhow he's just sort of hardened from the war we grew up going to church but didn't have a relationship with Jesus, and I got saved and the rest of my family. But my dad was just always resistant to it. Even though we shared the gospel, we loved on him, we prayed with him, and we had some breakthroughs, but he didn't want to give his life to Jesus. So what happened is he ended up getting cancer. You know, how many know that sometimes in a bad time or a tragic time, it, it begins to change our thoughts or perspective of the way we think? But, you know, we shared the gospel, and the doctor said, well, he only has three months to live. So we begin to share the gospel and just pray and say, God, we want to see our dad. We want to see our dad get to heaven. We want to be with him forever and ever. Anyhow, we went to the room and shared the gospel with him again. And he says, yeah, I want to give my life to Jesus because I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know what's going to happen to me when I die. He gave his life to Jesus in a radical way. The Holy Spirit came and just filled the room. And he ended up going to be with the Lord three months later. But he was a changed man. We saw his life change after just two months, three months of knowing Jesus. And my friends, this is what he said, his last words. He took his last breath. And this word, the man that cursed God, the man that didn't want anything to do with God, his whole life, he looked at me and he says, I'm going to be home with Jesus right now. He took one last breath in his Holy Spirit, and the spirit inside him left the room. So I want to encourage you, God is here. God hears your prayers, and he's ready to... Uh, to bring the people that you don't know into heaven. Um, 
So, anyhow, I really believe as you say yes to God, even during this series, God is going to put a boldness, a love for the lost, a faith in your life. When I was uh, a young guy being discipled how to do evangelism, I was so resistant to it. Um, in fact, I went out many times and everybody said no or rejected me. And then there came a day where the Holy Spirit just moved on my heart and God showed me that it was not me, my ability, but it was the Holy Spirit. And I began to share, began to share the gospel and people began to get saved and healed and delivered. So I want to I declare that over you. It's not you, it's the Holy Spirit. How many believe that? God's going to put a new boldness in you, a new fire in you, a new love for the lost like you've never experienced before. But I think as a church, we've believed this lie, you know, it's believed this lie that it's the pastor's job to share the gospel. It's the pastor's job to call people forward in an altar call. But that's not what the, the Bible said. It's just a lie. How many of you ever uh, uh, lied to your children? Anybody ever lied to your children? Come on. Everybody has. If your hand's not raised, you're lying right now. Come on. So there was one time we, were, uh, we went to University of Kona's in Hawaii, and we took our kids to the beach when they were really little. And, um, you know, I was telling our kids, like, Hawaii is a place where God created seashells. You know, we're going to go to the beach, and you're going to see tens of thousands of shells all over the beach. And we got them these little baskets, and we got them all hyped up to, to go collect shells. And, and uh, so we got there, and, and we got to the beach, and it was early in the morning, and we had their little red baskets, and they're probably little, little tiny, like five, six, seven years old. And uh, they all ran to the beach, and they ran back to where we're at and said, Dad, there's no shells here on the beach. And, you know, again, I've been hyping it up for, like, weeks, saying, this man, you're going to have so many shells. You're going to bounce your things going to be overflowing. And so I said, oh, my gosh, how am I going to get out of this one, you know? And so, you know, we went to get something to eat, and I said, we're going to pray. We're going to ask God that tomorrow that the whole beach would be filled with shells. And so tomorrow's the day. We're going to say, Lord, oh, God, pray that you'd fill up the beach with seashells. And so, anyhow, so I said, how am I going to get out of this one? So what I did is I had an idea. God gave me an idea. I went to Walmart, okay? And then in Hawaii, they got these big bags of shells you can get for, like, 10 bucks. So the kids weren't with me. I bought, like, two bags of these shells. And the, the next day, we went back to the beach, same place, and... uh I told the kids to go do something, distracted them a little bit, and then I cut open the bag, and I went to this little spot, and I dumped the shells all over the beach, and uh, then I said, okay, all right, you guys go get the shells and stuff, and so they ran out there, and they're jumping up and down, and so excited, they came back with their baskets full of shells and stuff, and uh, it's funny, because probably it was like eight years, ten years later, and I told that story to church, and my kids were there, and our kids were going, dad, you never told us that story. Because I never told them that I went and dumped the shells out there. They said, Dad, you never told us that story. So it, like, crushed them. But, yeah, it was one of those things that were sort of a lie and it, with a purpose. Okay? I mean, it tells lies with a purpose. I'm not saying tell lies, but it was a lie with a purpose. But what I want to share with you is just that, that uh, we believed a lie, church. We really have believed a lie. And you've got to start right there. God has saved you, not just to get you heaven. God has really saved you to establish his kingdom on this earth. God has given you a testimony for you to share your testimony with somebody else. God has healed you physically for you to lay hands on somebody and see them get healed. He's delivered you to set other people free. 
and that's the job of the church. That's the job of the church today. And the first thing you got to do is say, it's not Pastor Sean's job. That's my job. God has saved you, healed you, set you free to see you see your family set free and healed and saved, to see your friends, to see your coworkers. It's your job to do that. So what I want to do is I want to just go through just three different points today. Um, what we're after is, is something like we've never seen before. It's a revival. It's the Holy Spirit coming in, moving into our city, into our state, into our nation, into other nations, and seeing hundreds of thousands and millions of be- billions of people come to Jesus. And there's been revivals that have happened across the United States, the First Great Awakening, Second Great Awakening, uh, the Jesus Movement. How many of you got saved during the Jesus Movement in the 70s? Anybody got saved during that time? Awesome. It's a crazy time, and it's going to happen again. One of my greatest uh, stories on revival is the Lamphere Street Revival it happened in New York. And uh, I'm in a little video clip. But God did it before, and he wants to do it again. We just need a church that will say yes. We need a church that will say yes, God. We believe that you want to bring an awakening in the church. We believe you want to bring a revival to our city. We believe, God, that you're big enough to see every strip joint and every bar and every prison emptied out. And thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of thousands of people coming to Christ. So let's watch this video. Build up your faith. Build up your excitement about revival because it's coming to Kansas City. The United States, 1857. Slavery, rebellion, rumors of war. In three years, Americans would turn on each other and make history. But in 1857 New York City, history, the kind textbooks don't mention, was already happening. The date was September 23rd. A Christian layman named Jeremiah Lamphere held his first ever businessman's prayer meeting in Lower Manhattan. It was not, by all accounts, a rousing success. He'd passed out flyers for weeks. Six men attended. Two weeks later, the stock market crashed. Thousands of families lost all they had, and one of the greatest spiritual awakenings the world has ever seen began. Week by week, Jeremiah Lamphere's tiny lunch hour prayer meeting grew larger and larger. By December, his six men had become 10,000 men, and they met not every week, but every day. The New York newspapers took notice, and when word spread to other cities, spontaneous revival broke out across the country. In Cleveland and St. Louis, thousands of people packed downtown churches and theaters three times each day just to pray. In Chicago, churches had to have waiting lists for people wanting to teach Sunday school. And all across America, pastors were baptizing 20,000 new believers every week. The revival eventually spread around the world. In England, entire towns were converted. Some towns disbanded their police force because of a lack of crime. And so many people came to Christ, churches had to hold services outside just to accommodate the crowds. The world had seen nothing like it, before or since. Global revival. God started it with one man. It changed the course of history. And now, in today's world, people need to know, can history repeat itself? Can it happen again?
Amen. Come on, give Jesus a round of applause. He can say, do it again, Lord. Amen. Um, I really believe he wants to. I think we just need a yes in our heart and uh, begin to trust him and begin to step out in faith. So I want to just go over three points. It's about the coming and the going of the gospel. I think we're really good in America about coming, coming to church, coming to worship, coming to pray, coming to give, coming to have fellowship. But the gospel has two parts. It's the coming and the going. It says come and receive, come and get filled up, come and get healed, come and get delivered, come and get saved. And then he says go. He says go out and share the gospel. Go outside. Your mission field is right outside these two doors. Go and, and share your testimony. Go and share the gospel. Go and lay hands on the sick. And I think that's the thing because we've really cha- trained the people in the pews and the chairs just to come and receive. But the other leg of the gospel is to go. Imagine if you just had one leg and you had to hop around on one leg all the time. I want to encourage you, but I also want to challenge you today because I know you love Jesus and I know you want to follow God. But I want to encourage you with this bold statement and saying, unless you're going, unless you're sharing the gospel with your family, with your neighbor, with your co-nurkers, with the people in your city, you're not following Jesus fully. You're coming and receiving with the purpose of going and giving away. Amen? And that's our call. And we don't want to do that because I'll share a little bit later why. But if you're really following Jesus, if you love Jesus you're going to become a goer. And that doesn't mean you're going to go to Africa and live the rest of your life. Maybe God will call you to do that. But what he's calling you to do is to love people. And he'll give you the power to do that. So the first scripture I want to to talk to you is that go because you're called to preach the gospel. All of us aren't called to be an evangelist, but we're all called to do evangelism, to sow the seed, to pray, to do acts of kindness. In Matthew 10, 7, 8, it says, go and preach the kingdom of God. As you go, as you go to the gas station, as you go to a family member's house, as you go, preach the kingdom of God, heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the leopard. Freely you have received, now freely give away. Oh, man? So how many, you've, how many are saved in this room? Raise your hand up, and you're glad you're saved. You freely received that free gift from Jesus He's not on the earth anymore. He left his Holy Spirit, but he says, tag, you're it. Now it's your turn to go and preach the gospel. Now it's your turn to go and heal people. So our first calling is because go because you're all called to go. That's your assignment. That's your purpose. That's why you're on the earth, to tell people about Jesus and to establish the kingdom of God. Second thing is go. Everybody say go. Go because there's a need. My friends... It's not right that people don't know the gospel. It's not right that family members and friends and people in our city and people in our nation are going to spend eternity separated from God because nobody's told them the good news. It's just not right. In, in Matthew nine twenty four, it says, The harvests are plentiful, but the workers are few. And even Jesus is speaking that out. He says, yeah, look around you. The harvest is ready. It's now. But there's not any workers. There's not anybody telling people about me and my story and, and my love and my gifts. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. So he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest that new laborers would be raised up. 
and I'm looking at you right now. You're the laborers. You're the witnesses. You're the one that God says to go. Right now, I want to I do something practical, and I believe you're going to use this, and I believe if you use this, this one little tool in the next, well, how long is the series? Two months? A month? Four weeks? Three weeks. In your bulletin, there's a piece of paper in there. I want you to pull it out right now. Everybody has a bulletin. Look inside your bulletin. There's a little paper. And I think this is just the beginning of the first step. And I want you to pull out a pen or a pencil. Ladies, if you have an extra pen, get it out of your purse. I want to take a few minutes to do this. Just the first step of faith. It's the first step of saying, yes, Lord, I want to learn how to share the gospel. I want to learn how to share my testimony. I want boldness to tell people about Jesus. So pull, pull out a pencil or a pen, and I want to do the first step to this card. And I believe if you keep this card in your Bible, you keep it on your table, and you begin to practice this. It's simple gospel. A little 8- or 10-year-old can do it. You can do it too. So everybody wave their piece of paper at me real quick. Get it out. Awesome. Get a pen or a pencil. And take that out real quick. Ladies, if you got an extra one, give it to somebody. You guys ready? The first step is pray. Everybody say pray. And I know you guys pray for people that you love that want to come to Jesus. But I want you to do is, I want you to think of two people. And maybe just close your eyes for a minute. We want the Holy Spirit just to speak to you. Maybe just close your eyes. Holy Spirit, we just say come and speak to, speak to each person here. Just two people that you're going to be committed to pray for, for their salvation, for their healing, for their deliverance. And then maybe two friends or coworkers that uh, the Lord wants, you're going to commit to pray to her during these, even, the next, even these next three weeks. Two neighbors. You know, maybe you got some, just some mean, nasty neighbors, you know. Maybe their nickname is Legion or something, whatever. God, God wants you to pray for them. So, you know, picture two people in your mind, two family members, two neighbors, two coworkers. that you're going to be committed to, first of all, to pray for, then to care for, do acts of kindness, and then to share the gospel with them. And the Lord's going to put somebody in your mind right now in Jesus' name. Just wait for a minute. A simple act of faith of saying, yes, Lord, I'll do this. Simple act of faith of praying, and the Lord is going to give you ideas to begin to care for them and love them and show Jesus to them, and then he's going to give you boldness to how to share the gospel with them through your testimony and the preaching of the gospel. Okay, so what I want you to do is take out a pen or pencil and just, by faith, write the names down. Everybody do that. Everybody grab a pen or a pencil. Write the names of two people you're going to commit to pray for. Practical application. My friends, you learn stuff in church all the time, but we, as soon as we get outside the door and somebody asks you, what did you learn today? I don't know. But I want to do some practical application, simple, faith-like application. Write down the names of two family members you're going to commit to pray for, for their salvation, for their deliverance, for their freedom. Write their names down right now. And then two neighbors. What are two neighbors that I want to see come into the kingdom? What are two neighbors that I want to see set free? And then two coworkers, two people. Most of you are in the marketplace. Most of you are working. Most of you have people that you're working with that need Jesus. 
the first step is begin to pray and activate the love and the grace and the power of God into these people's lives. Activate angels into their lives. Begin to pray for them. So we'll just take a minute and just write those names down. If you don't have a pen or pencil, take this out when you get home. Put it on your table. Commit as a family to pray for these people, maybe before dinner, before breakfast. Get this piece of paper out. I guarantee you 100% if you did this and this whole church did this, by the end of these three weeks or maybe even into some months, you're going to see your family members saved. The beginning starts with prayer. Every revival began with prayer. Every salvation began, to, began with prayer. Somebody prayed for you. God's asking you to pray for them. It's the beginning that God would open up their eyes, open up their ears, open up their heart to the gospel. And it's saying, God, we can't do this, but we're dependent upon you because you can do this. So we're going to take a minute just to do that. Write those names down. And I'll believe with you. And, and Sean's going to believe with you. And we're going to hear testimonies of people, your family members getting saved and your neighbors getting saved. He will do it because that's why he came to die on the cross. So the next thing on there, and we don't have to do this right now, but begin to ask the Lord how you can begin to care for them. I do this. I don't just preach it, okay? We have five neighbors that live on our street. We get a bunch of free bread from Panera once a week. I take bread over to my neighbors and tell them that Jesus loves them. I've developed relationships through bread, fresh bread from Panera, okay? I'm really busy. I got a lot of stuff, but the Lord says, I'm holding you responsible for your neighbors that they hear the gospel. You have neighbors that have needs. Invite them over for barbecue. See what the needs are in their life. Babysit their kids one night. It's the love of God that will turn people's heart to Jesus. They don't care if you say you're a Christian. They want to see if you're a Christian. So anyhow, what I want to encourage you is begin to ask the Lord, how can I show the love of Jesus to people around you? Okay? And then the final thing is, and you begin to learn this with Sean later on, maybe these next three weeks, is how can I share my testimony? How can I share a simple gospel? How can I, how can I see these people come to Christ? Amen? So what I want to encourage you and what I want to challenge you is you would follow through with this. This is the most important thing. I could give you a bunch of words, but if you have a yes in your spirit to see people get saved and get healed and come into the kingdom, God will do the rest. All you need to do is a yes, okay? So look at me real quick. Have me say, Kevin, for the next three weeks or in the next month or two, I will be faithful to pray. I will be faithful to care for and I will be uh, faithful to, to share the gospel with people. If you're saying yes, raise your hand. You're raising them high. Come on. Amen. Simple. When uh, this kid named Tyler, we did a little uh, show. It was in, uh, gosh, I think it was in Blue Springs, another church. Yeah, this came, kid came forward. He was seven years old. Gave his life to Jesus. He said, oh, that's so cute. Little Tyler's giving his life to Jesus. And Anyhow, his grandfather took him. He was a healer and evangelist. Took him to a meeting the next night. And, uh, and uh, he says, tonight, there's many of you that are sick, but I'm not going to pray for you. My little nephew Tyler is going to pray. So if you're sick, stand up. And he just got saved the night before. And uh, he says, stand up if you're sick. And so little Tyler went up, and, and uh, my friend Michael just said, this is what I want you to pray. In the name of Jesus, I command this need to be healed. And the, and, and the guy said, okay, test it out. And he moved it around and says, oh, my gosh. It says, it's healed. Amazing. And uh, so, you know, I was just tell you, simple faith-like of a small child will see people come into the kingdom. All right. 
Number three, Matthew 24, 14. Go because the word of God must be fulfilled. In Matthew 24, 14, it says, everyone will hear the gospel, and then the end will come. How many are ready for Jesus to come back? Come on. Yes, we are. Amen. Maranatha. But it's not going to happen until everybody hears the gospel. It's a promise, a prophetic word that he's not going to come back. So the sooner he comes back is the sooner until the gospel is fulfilled. All right. The problem is, this is a problem, my friends. And if you would grab a hold of this, the problem is apathy. The problem is the fear of man. The problem is unbelief. And there's no revelation that this is our, a call in our lives. But the solution is a Holy Spirit power, faith, and action. If you have a yes in your heart, I'm going to challenge just, just in, in just a minute to say, God, I've never done this before. I'm scared to death. I don't really even care if my neighbor gets saved. I want my heart to change. If you have that heart attitude, God will do the rest. i got one more short video, and then I'm going to call you into activation by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Can we have everybody stand up? We're going to close. But I really want to, I said this scripture before, but it's really not by might or by, by, by power. It's not by your will. It's not by your ability, not by your knowledge, but it's only by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you an, a boldness, a love, an anointing that doesn't come from yourself, but it comes from heaven. And if you say yes in your heart today, I believe the Lord will begin to change you, to see people differently, to have a boldness to share the love of God. Can we have the, oh, you're up here already. Awesome. I want to give a couple of challenges. My main thing is you just say yes to God. I believe God wants to transform this church into a soul-winning church. I believe he wants to transform you with the knowledge and the revelation. If you lay hands on the sick, they shall get healed and set free. But you have to have a yes in your heart, and you have to say, Holy Spirit, here I am. Use me. But I want to challenge you, first of all, there could be, I just really believe there's one or two people this morning. You know, it says, the, the Bible says in John, it says, First John, it says, if you practice sin over and over again, that doesn't mean you, you make a mistake and you choose to sin or you look at something you shouldn't look at. or It means you're practicing sin over and over again. And I just even believe that there's, as I speak this word, it's resonating in your heart. It says, you don't know me. And I would never give a, I always want to give the opportunity of people repenting and saying, I want to give my life, surrender everything to Jesus. What we've done in America is we've said, say this prayer and you're saved. My friends, that's not the gospel. I wish it was, but it's not. Jesus came and he died on the cross. They beat him 39 times with a cat of nine tails. They nailed nine inch nails into his hands and his feet. And he became sin. Every one of our sins, every one of our sins in this world, he became those things. And he was separated the love of the Father for the purpose that he would have a bride that would say, I'm totally surrendering everything to you, Jesus. So I just even believe that maybe you've never surrendered everything. It makes he's Lord of your life. I want to say maybe if he's not Lord at all, of all, he might be not be Lord of all. So if you're here today and this has happened, it doesn't matter if you've been going to church for 20 years, 30 years, but you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. You know about him, but you don't know him. So I want to just give you a chance to respond to the cross, to the gospel, to surrendering of Jesus. Just because you go to church doesn't mean you're going to go to heaven. Have you really given your life, surrendered every area of your life to Jesus? Again, it says if you're practicing sin, you don't know him. It says, really says the words, you're a liar. So we just I would like everybody to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. My question is, have you surrendered everything to Jesus? Is he the Lord over every area of your life? Is he the king? Is he the one you wake up in the morning thinking about? Is he the one you go to sleep at night? Is he your thoughts throughout the day? Is he your king? Every king needs a kingdom. Every king needs sons and daughters. So I just want you to respond just by raising your hand and say, yeah, I don't believe I've surrendered everything. Yeah, I'm not walking with God. I'm, I come into church, but I'm not living the way that I should be living. I need to repent. I need to change the way I think. I need to change my actions. So if that's you with every, there's a moment in time. He's a God of mercy today, but there will be a God day where he becomes the God of judgment. And we have to stand before him. So if you're not right with God, you've never surrendered everything, he's not the Lord of your life, you know that you know you're not walking with him. You're walking in rebellion and disobedience. If that's you, just on the count of three, just 
by grace we're saved. If that's you, just lift your hand up. Ready, one. Thank you, Jesus. Two, three. Lift your hands up all the way up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Anybody else? Lift your hands up. We praise you, Jesus. Nine. We love you, Jesus. He loves you so much. He died for you. He forgives you. He wants to give you strength. He wants to break the curses off your life. That word grace means a supernatural power to do what's right. It's not the freedom to keep sinning. He loves you so much, my friends. It's about nine or ten of you that raised your hand, and I want to encourage you, go to Pastor Sean or Pastor Lisa or one of the workers here and just begin to share the need in, that, in your life. But I'd like everybody just to pray this with me, but especially those nine he said he's written these things in his word that you may know that you have eternal life. We don't have to walk around guessing or we're not saved by works. We're saved by his blood and his death on the cross and his resurrection. So everybody just pray this together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus. Everybody pray, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. I surrender my life. My whole life. Be the Lord of everything. Thank you for dying for my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your power. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your grace, your mercy, your love. I just want to, I want to activate you. The Lord's given me a power and anointing of this Holy Spirit to activate people. It says when the Holy Spirit came upon them in the book of Acts, he said he gave them power, dunamis power, dynamite power to be his witness. And it's not you, my friends. It's Jesus in you. You just have to say, yes, God, give me the power, the anointing. I want to be like you. I want to share the gospel. I want to see change in America. I want to see change in my family. But you're the vessel. He did it already. His part's done. He hands the baton off to you, and he says, now it's your part. It's not going to be politics, another politician, or education, or business. It's going to be revival in America. So if you have a yes in your heart today, just to be open to the Holy Spirit to use you as a witness, as a messenger, to share the gospel. It's so simple a little child can do it. If you're saying, yes, God, I want to learn. I want revelation. I want to use you to use me. And again, it's just the same thing as a commitment for salvation. It's a commitment to be a messenger. It's a commitment to do the things that Jesus did. If that's you, I just want you to, with boldness, raise your hand high. As we begin this thing and this journey about being a messenger for Jesus, raise your hand up as high as you can. And you say, Jesus, I want to be a messenger. I want to share the gospel. I want to lay hands on the sick to see them healed. I want to do it. I, I understand I'm weak. I understand I have apathy. Maybe I have fear. But I just want to say yes to you, Jesus. I want to be a messenger. I want to see my family members saved. I want to see the Blue Springs changed. So, Lord, you see the yes in our hearts. We're weak, we're broken, but we need your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I just activate you 
to be a messenger of the gospel. I pray that you would have a boldness like you've never had before. I pray that you would have a love for the lost. I pray that you would uh, lay hands on the sick and see them healed. So in the name of Jesus, I just commission you right now to be a messenger. It's what you've been created to do. That's your purpose in life. doesn't matter if you're a business person. doesn't matter if you're a housewife. doesn't matter if you're a grandma. Your purpose is to share the gospel of the kingdom of God. So I commission you. I anoint you with the power of God and with the love of Jesus to share the message, to share the good news in your brokenness, in your weakness, in our frailty, in our lack of knowledge, just share the gospel. So Holy Spirit, mark every person in here today with a new level of love, new level of boldness. And we just say yes. Everybody say yes. One more time. Everybody say yes. So he hears that, and he will equip you. He will empower you. He will activate you. Just listen to his Holy Spirit. So, Lord, thank you for this morning. I thank you for Cornerstone. I thank you for Pastor Sean and Lisa. And I thank you for a church that's on a new vision, new journey of being soul winners. And you will empower them. You will give them opportunity. You will give them boldness. You will even give them the words to say. And we just give you the glory. Thank you, Jesus, that you said yes to coming to die for us. You didn't think about it. You just did it because you know it was the right thing and what God has called to do. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give the Lord a big round of applause today? Thank you, Lord. I love you guys. Thank you.